Welcome to Covenant's Pulpit Ministry. Covenant Evangelical Free Church believes that the Bible is the Word of God and that God's Word is vital for life-transforming Christianity. We trust that you will grow to know the Word of God and more importantly, the God of the Word as you hear this message today. May God bless you as you open your heart to His Word. Morning church. Morning church. I'm just thinking about the times when Calvin was talking about when I was a young boy. Still a young boy, still with glasses, still running around. Um, but I, I, I remember very clearly uh, when we still didn't have any buildings. We were renting in, I think, Fairfield Methodist Church. And I was running around on stage and I hit my head on the piano and I had like five stitches at the back of my head. I was like four, five back then. But yeah, good memories. Yeah, good memories. I, yeah. But anyways, with me is a bag. And you know, in this bag, there are a couple of things. With me is a soccer ball. And man, you won yesterday, so praise God. But anyways, um, with me is a soccer ball. And in my hands, in my hands, they probably worth the cost price of whatever that's being sold. But a soccer ball in the hands of someone like Cristiano Ronaldo... It's a completely different case. The ball probably worth a lot. You know, on the website recently, there was a sale of a signed FIFA World Cup soccer ball by Cristiano Ronaldo. Anyone want to make a guess how much they were selling it for? 65 million, not so much. <laughs> but it was over $1,000 for a soccer ball. So it's a lot. Or how about a paintbrush? A paintbrush in my hands. Now, a paintbrush in my hands probably costs nothing. Probably costs nothing because I can't paint, and whatever that I produce with my paintbrush can't be sold. But in the hands of someone like Jackson Pollock of Van Gogh, now that is a completely different case. The pieces they paint using the paintbrush, they go for millions. Or how about, you may be familiar to mums and those who like to cook, uh, a frying pan, a frying pan, a frying pan in my hand also probably costs nothing because the food I produce not only can't be sold, but probably can't be eaten as well. My wife would agree. Um, but in the hands of someone like Jamie Oliver or Gordon Ramsay, now that's a completely different case because those food produced with the frying pan can cost up to a few hundred dollars. Oh, finally, what about a $50 note? A $50 note in my hands probably would still be a $50 note after three months or even lesser because I spend it on snacks. But in the hands of someone like Warren Buffett, now that's a completely different case. That $50 can turn into a fortune through wise financial investments. My friends, I hope you understand where I'm getting it. The point I'm trying to make, it matters whose hands it is in. It matters whose hands it is in. You know, our senior pastors, as Calvin mentioned, introduced the spiritual burden for 2023, which is into your hands on the first week of January. And in the subsequent weeks of January, we are going through what that looks like practically in the different aspects of our society. And last week, Pastor Kai went through generations in God's hands. And today, we are looking at what 
Singapore, Singapore in God's hand, what it looks like when we choose to entrust Singapore uh, in God's hands. But before we go and dive into the passage for today, let me pray for us. Eternal God, our Heavenly Father, we are grateful once again that you gathered here. You're gathered here with us on this Sunday. We ask, Lord, that you remove every distraction. Help us, Holy Spirit. Prepare us. Help us to be ready to listen and to respond to your word that it might take root and bear fruits in our lives, both here online and on site. We give you praise and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Today we are looking at Psalm 33. Psalm 33, and the focus is Singapore in God's hand. Now you may be wondering, what do you mean by Singapore in God's hands? Singapore is so, so big a concept. What do you mean? Well, Singapore is not a, just a flag, but they represent people, you and I. Turn to someone next to you and say, we are part of Singapore. And so when we talk about Singapore in God's hands, we're talking about you and I, which make up the nation Singapore. What does it mean for the nation, the people, to be in God's hands? And today we are going to anchor ourselves down into this passage of Scripture from Psalm 33. Psalm 33. Now Psalm 33 is a praise psalm. It's a praise psalm, and we're going to see exactly why it's a praise psalm in verses 1 to 3. So right now on the screen, you will see verses 1 to 3, and it reads, Shout for joy in the Lord, O you righteous. Praise befits the upright. Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Make melody to him with the harp of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully on the strings with loud shouts. The word of the Lord. Now, the psalmist in Psalm 33 begins with three verses dedicated to calling people to praise God. He gives imperatives, commands in all three verses saying, praise God, whether it be singing, playing skillfully, giving thanks. They are all directed to praising God. Now, then the question that is faced with us is, why? What warrants us to praise God? What warrants us to praise God? Now, the psalmist, before we go into what warrants us to praise God, the psalmist tells us who is supposed to be the one praising God. And we see that in verse 1. In verse 1 of Psalm 33, it says, the righteous and the upright. Now, in this context, the psalmist is talking about Israel, the nation Israel. But in today's context, it is also referring to anyone who chooses to put their faith, their trust in God anyone who chooses to rely on God, those are the ones that are righteous and upright. And so this psalm applies to all those who have put their faith in Jesus this morning. And so the psalmist is calling us, believers, to praise God. And so subsequently from the first four onwards, the psalmist is going to tell us two compelling reasons Two compelling reasons why we should be praising God. And these two compelling reasons are these two, two unchanging attributes of God that we will come to learn through this psalm of why Singapore is best in the hands of God. Two unchanging attributes of God. The first unchanging attribute that we will see from this psalm is that God is sovereign. God is sovereign. Turn to someone next to you and say, God is sovereign. Now, 
There are two aspects of God's sovereignty that God is highlighting here in Psalm 33. The first is that God is sovereign over all creation. All creation. Look with me now to verses 4 to 7. And let's see what the psalmists have to say. It says, For the word of the Lord is upright, and all his work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth, all the host. He gathers the waters of the sea as a heap. He puts the deep in store houses. The word of the Lord. We see the psalmist describing God's sovereignty, God's complete control over all of creation. And we see not just all of creation, but, but, but the psalmist also highlights that there is a trademark, there is a patent, if you like to call it, a patent on all of God's design and creation. And it's found in verse 5. The psalmist says that the earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. Now, steadfast love, or in some other translations, unfailing love. But in the original, the Hebrew, uh, the word is actually chesed. Chesed, as you see on the screen. And there's no English word that can kind of translate word for word what chesed is, because it is such an all-encompassing meaning. Um, but the, the essence of chesed, uh, this word, it basically means God's faithfulness in keeping His covenant. God's faithfulness in keeping his covenant, his promises. That's what chesed is. And the psalmist here in verse 5 tells us that the earth is full of the chesed of the Lord. You know, when we look at the vast nature around the world, how many of you enjoy nature? Yeah? I'm sure some of you have traveled somewhere to look at some nature in other parts of the world. We see the vast nature and we can't help but be in awe of God's creation. We cannot help but think that this, this what we see here, is not something that, that is created as an afterthought, but it was created with intention and with purpose. You know, husband and wife, for those of you who are married, you look at your spouse and you'll be like, wow, what a creation that God has made. Amen? Amen? <laughs> uh, husbands, better say amen if they still on the couch. But you know, as we look at God's creation, we see that psalmist tells us very clearly, by the word of the Lord, by the breath of the Lord, heavens were created, the hosts were created. Can you see God's complete sovereignty and control over everything? But not just sovereignty over all creation. The psalmist then goes on to tell us that God is also sovereign in all the nations. In all the nations. Look with me now to verses 8 through 12. 8 to 12. And it reads, Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. For He spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of His hearts to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as his heritage. The word of the Lord. The psalmist shows us in these few verses that God is not just sovereign over all creation, but also all 
nations. If you zoom in with me to verses 10 and 11, we will see exactly what the psalmist is saying. The psalmist is showing us that whatever counsel, whatever plans that nations come to, to scheme and devise, the psalmist says that the Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. If he allows it, he will allow it. But if he doesn't allow it, he will bring it to nothing. He frustrates the plans of the people. Can you see that God's, God's sovereignty over all the nations over here? As the psalmist describes. But not just that. The psalmist contrasts and compares the counsel of the nations to the counsel of God. Look at me what he says in verse 11. It says, The counsel of the Lord stands forever in comparison to the nations who schemes and devise plans. God, on the other hand, His counsel stands forever. Everlasting to everlasting. Can you see God's sovereignty here? And not just that, He says, the plans of His heart to all generations. I don't know about you, but when I read this passage, I was so comforted. Because when you think about it, God has called us all as a nation, as people making up Singapore, you and I, in all the different industries that we're part of, homemaker, medical field, doctors, lawyers, whatever God has called you to. He has called us to be making up part of this nation, Singapore. And when He gives us a mission and a call, Notice, it's not reliant on our ability to fulfill whatever mission here he's called us to. But the psalmist tells us that the counsel of the Lord stands forever and the plans of his heart to all generations. In other words, there is a participation on our part, but the fulfillment of the destiny and mission in each and every one of our lives here in Singapore will come to pass, not because of how good we are or how well we've accomplished it, but because the promises of God tells us that the counsel of the Lord stands forever and His plans for all generations, not just for one, but in every single generation, no matter what generation you come from, Gen X, Gen Z, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, all are fulfilled by God. Doesn't that give you such assurance and peace? So God is not just sovereign over all creation. He is sovereign over all nations, including the nation of Singapore, of which we are all part of. You know, this past week, I spent some time reading the history of, of how Christianity has evolved and grown over the years from the 1800s all the way to today. And I was completely blown away by how, how God's hand has been on Singapore for so many, so many years. And I can't bring up all the examples, but I just wanted to highlight one specific example uh, and it's in the education scene. Now, I'm sure many of you have been impacted or have been part of a mission school. Uh, as you know, many denominations uh, in Singapore started creating mission schools with the aim of not just educating the mind, but also forming the moral compass and character of every single growing child. And we see that impacting society as we speak, raising up not just not just believers, but even non-believers, to be citizens who are outstanding and upright in the nation. And there's one specific individual that I came across as I read through the history, and her name is Sophia Blackmore. Sophia Blackmore. Some of you may be familiar with that name. 
Sophia Blackmore was a, an Australian Methodist missionary. And she came to Singapore in 1887. And when she came, there were no families around in Singapore who sent their daughters to school. It wasn't the tradition, it wasn't the culture back then in Singapore. And she saw that as an opportunity to reach out to the females, the young girls in Singapore. And so she started approaching houses in Singapore, knocking on doors and encouraging families to, to send their girls to school because girls, as much as guys, need education. But of course, initially, not many families were up for the the, the, the invitation. But, but, but Sophia and her teachers were very persistent. Every single time, they would go knock on doors and they would even bring their lessons. They would even teach the girls at the homes itself. And eventually, they opened up and they were willing to send uh, their daughters to school. And over the 40 years that Sophia was in Singapore, or even more than 40 years, she founded two schools, MGS Methodist Girls School and Fairfield Methodist MGS, which is the Fairfield Methodist School that we know today. So can you see the, the impact, the hand of God upon our nation sent through different ones like Sophia Blackmore in the different sectors and industries in Singapore? Can you imagine what it would look like if you and I in the assignment, in the station that God has called us to, that if we say, God, I'm willing, I'm willing to play my part as much as I trust you that you are sovereign God. I have a part to play as well in this nation that I call home. Not just serving NS for the guys, but I have a part to play, a mission to accomplish that God has given to me in this industry that he has placed me in. Can you imagine what that would look like if every single one of us do that? I am looking forward to read the history of Singapore in 50 years' time. Because there's more to come for the nation of Singapore. Amen? Because God is with us and God is sovereign over our nation. My friends, then the question then that poses to us as we look at the psalm, yes, God is sovereign over all creation and all nations. How then should we respond? How then should we respond as God's people? My friends, my humble suggestion as a response is that we must trust in him. We must trust in the plans of God. Even though it may not seem like God is sovereign, we must trust because the Word of God tells us clearly that God's plan, counsel, stands forever for every single generation. And you know, what does trust in Him look like on a day-to-day -day basis, you may ask? Well, Jerry Bridges tells us what it looks like on a day-to-day -day basis. He says, Prayer assumes the sovereignty of God. If God is not sovereign, we have no assurance that He's able to answer our prayers. Our prayers will become nothing more than wishes. But while God's sovereignty along with His wisdom and love is the foundation of our trust in Him, prayer is the expression of trust. Prayer is the expression of trust. You know, every year, our church, along with all the churches in Singapore, we join in together to pray for our nation. And there's this thing called 40 days of prayer that we do leading up to our nation's birthday. And we pray together and organized by Love Singapore. Every day, we will pray for a specific aspect of our society here in Singapore as we consecrate our nation once again to God. So my humble suggestion 
as we try to apply the Word of God today, this Sunday, is that I want to humbly suggest and ask if you would consider to join in the 40 days prayer season this year in 2023, along with your CG, to pray for our nation together. So there's something for you to prayerfully consider as you go back and reflect on our Psalm 33 that we read today. But not only is God sovereign, the psalmist then goes on to tell us that God is also steadfast. God is steadfast. That's the second attribute, unchanging attribute of God that we will come to learn in this psalm. Look with me now to verse 13 through 15. 13 through 15. Now, because this is a short passage segment, I want us to read this together, shall we? One, two, three. The Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all the children of men. From where he sits enthroned, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all and observes all their deeds. The word of the Lord. So this segment, there are two key aspects again of God's steadfastness that we will see in this psalm. The first is that God is steadfast in his discernment. In his discernment. Look with me carefully now in verses 13 through 15. We see very clearly that, that the psalmist says that the Lord sees every inhabitant, sees every single human being on this earth, as we see in verse 14 and 13. He sees all the children of men. Whether you are rich or poor, whether you are famous or obscure, whether you are young or old, regardless of your standing in society, God sees every one of you. Turn to someone next to you and say, God sees you. Now, when the psalmist says God sees everyone, it's not just I see you with my physical eyes, but it's this idea of God knows you as well, seeing and knowing you as an individual. But not only does God see and know us, he says, the psalmist, he fashions the hearts of all of them, all of them, regardless you're a king, president, diplomat, whatever, he fashions each and every single heart. And as such, that means that God knows us completely, more than we know ourselves from the inside out. And the psalmist also goes on to say, he observes all their deeds, all their deeds. It's not just what you do in the eyes of people, but it's in the eyes where no one is around you not just in front of people, but behind closed doors. Even what you think, God knows. He observes all your deeds. And as such, as the psalmist describes of what God can see and do, of how he fashioned our hearts, God is steadfast. He's unfailing in having the right kind of discernment of who each and every single one of us are. Because he alone fashioned our hearts. He alone can see us from the inside out. And therefore, he is steadfast in his discernment. Now, speaking of steadfast, uh, how many of you have made New Year's resolution this year? Show of hands. No one? Got tired after a while of trying to make one, right? <laughs> Some parents are like, yeah, yeah. 
But you know, New Year's resolution, there's a research done a few years ago that more than 80%, more than 80% of people actually stopped pursuing their New Year's resolution after the first or second week of February. Can you imagine? More than 80%. And, and we're coming to first or second week of February already. So whoever made New Year's resolution, all the best. Um, and it also said that only 8%, only 8% actually follow through with their New Year's resolution. Only 8%. Can you imagine? No wonder all of your nail right? Um, but can you imagine that God, unlike us, who we often, only 8% who fulfill whatever we have set out and planned to do, God is unlike us. God, in anything and everything that He plans, that He has set out to do, He fulfills it 100%. Aren't you glad that the God we worship is one that's not like us? Amen? So God is steadfast in His discernment, but not just in discernment. Look with me to the last part of the psalm. God is also steadfast in His deliverance. In His deliverance. Look with me to the last part now, verse 16 to 19. It says, the king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The war horse is a false hope for salvation. And by its great might, it cannot rescue. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him. On those who hope in his steadfast love that he may deliver their soul from death and keep them alive in famine. The word of the Lord. The psalmist is simply saying, he's describing at the time all the latest technology and what, what is a guarantee for success in war. He was describing that in that context back then. But in our context today, what that means is it doesn't matter how big your military is, it doesn't matter what special technology or equipment you have or how skilled your soldiers are, it does not matter. It is nothing. The psalmist says here in verse 17, it says, everything, all of this is a false hope. It's a false hope. The psalmist is saying, all these are nothing. These are all rubbish. The psalmist says, here, let me tell you what exactly is the one who can truly deliver you. And he tells us, he tells us clearly in verse 18, the eye of the Lord, the one who sees and knows everyone, is on those who fear and hope in his steadfast love. The psalmist is saying, only God alone who sees you, who fashioned you, who created you from the beginning, he alone can truly deliver you. Not anything that the earth and the people of this earth can create and plan. That's what the psalmist is saying here. And you know, when, when the psalmist says deliver here, the idea of deliver is not delivering from our sins in this particular context. It's referring to specific physical earthly affliction. God will deliver us from those things. So that's the context that we're looking at. Can you see, can you see what the psalmist is doing here? He's clearly showing us that God alone is steadfast in his deliverance. Only he, nothing on this earth can deliver us except God and God alone. You know, as we look at the outlook of 2023, some of you may be wondering, it's not a good year. 
coming out of COVID and whatnot, the economy's not looking great. For some of you students, you're wondering, oh, I don't know what, what other new things that will come my way now with COVID out of the way, there's new, more work to be done. For those working, the economy's not doing well and you're, you're afraid of possible retrenchments, possible change in jobs. For those who are retired, you're concerned whether your savings can last you for the rest of your time here. Different problems and different concerns for our nation and for ourselves individually. You know, I asked one of our uh, covenanters, he was a sociologist at NUS, and I asked him, what are the top concerns you have, or rather the concerns that sociologists have for the nation Singapore here in 2023? And he gave me three. He gave me three. And these are the three things that he showed me. He said, firstly, mental health in Singapore. One in three among our young people, one in three, they suffer from mental health symptoms, of which 14 to 16-year-olds, they have more severe mental health symptoms, as the study has shown. That's the first one. Second is a new study that was done with regards to cross-national cross families. That means if you're a local-born husband with a foreign-born wife, uh, this combination, there was a research done showing that they have the highest amount of family conflicts and also the lowest income per capita in their family household. So there's a new research done and a study shown about these cross-national families that they're looking out for. And thirdly is seniors, seniors aged 65 and above, those who are retired or not working, they are the ones who suffer the most with regards to the core inflation that we are experiencing. And of course, children never give enough money. Lah. But we see the concerns of our nation. Sometimes it may not be so obvious, but they are there. You know, and as we come to a close, as we reflect on the steadfastness and the sovereignty of God this morning, one of the things that I want us to think about and reflect, how many of you got your jigsaw puzzle with you as you came in this morning? I trust most of you should have received it uh, if you have it, could you raise them in the air so I can see? Okay, good. Some of you have it. You know, I begin our time telling us and showing us that Singapore is not just a flag, but Singapore is essentially made up of people, you and I. And as we reflect and think about how Singapore is best in the hands of God because He is sovereign and He is steadfast, my friends, we, you and I, we all have a part to play in this nation, in this station that God has placed us in on earth in 2023. And like this jigsaw puzzle, we all have a part to play in God's masterpiece that He is building and designing. And sometimes in life, we don't see the full picture of what God is doing. Some of you homemakers, you, you, you may be wondering, how, how, am I, how am I playing a part? Or some of you who are doctors or lawyers or engineers or whatever industry, you, you're asking yourself, how am I playing a part? My friends, sometimes we are like this jigsaw puzzle where we can't see the full picture. We don't see the masterpiece that God is doing. But can I tell you that your part in the kingdom of God, in the masterpiece that God is doing, 
Your part, your participation in the kingdom of God is important. Because collectively, in one, one can't show anything. But if I ask all of you here, if we were to piece the puzzle piece together, we begin to see something larger than ourselves. We begin, see, we begin to see something larger than just this small jigsaw puzzle. We begin to see God's masterpiece. And you know what the good news is, my friends? On the day when Jesus returns, because the Bible tells us that He will return, that's a promise. When He returns, we will, together with Him, see the masterpiece that He's building, even though it may not make sense right now, in this moment, in this year, 2023, for some of you. But the Word of God tells us and promises us that we will see it when Jesus returns. And so as we come to a close and a response to God this morning, as Singapore, as individuals that make up Singapore, we know that God, God's hand, that's the best place to be in for our nation. But we, my friends, have a part to play this year in 2023. And so as we come to a close, I want you to take some time, the next 30 seconds, to think about the station, the assignment that God has given to you wherever He has placed you here in 2023. And I want you to ask God, God, what are you showing to me? How can I play my part in your masterpiece that you are building here in this nation and in the world? So in the next 30 seconds, I want you to take some time to think about and, and, and talk to God about what that looks like for you this year in 2023. And then we'll come to a close with a response song. So let's take the next 30 seconds to do so. Every single one of us have a part to play, whether you're retired, whether you're a student, whether you're a homemaker. Every single one of us, God has divinely called us into that station in our lives. My friends, as you continue on to think about what that area that God is calling you to. Time has caught up with us. But as a simple response, as the worship team sings the response song, if it's your desire to say, God, use this masterpiece, use this jigsaw puzzle as part of your masterpiece for your kingdom. Even though I don't see everything, God, would you, would you use me? Use me to fulfill your plans for your nation, Singapore this year in 2023. And if that's you this morning, as the worship team sings, would you stand as a response to saying yes to God in playing your part for our nation this year in 2023? So whenever you're ready, as the worship team sings, you can stand.
sisters, for those of you who have stand to say yes, to include you in God's plan for His kingdom this year in 2023, would you put the puzzle piece if, for those of you who have in, in your hands right now, and as a simple act of consecration and, and saying yes to God, would you lift that jigsaw puzzle in your hands to the Lord this morning? Father, you see a simple act of your people this morning of saying, count me in. Count me in. That as I trust and I look to you, the God who is sovereign, the God who is steadfast, God, count me in to play my part this year in 2023 in the station and assignment you have given to me. Count me in. So that together with you, those small and insignificant together with the people of God we can build the masterpiece that you are doing in and through every single generation here in Singapore so God we commit our lives our year 2023 in your hands will you use us as a beacon of hope a beacon of light wherever you place us no matter how difficult it may be God, help us to be faithful and obedient to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we sing the chorus once more as we end the time together? None above Him, none before Him, all of time in His hands. For His throne it shall remain.
Ancient of Days. For my God is the Ancient of Days. One last time. For my God is the Ancient of Days. We're glad you had spent some time listening to God's Word, and we hope that the message has ministered to you. Should you require more assistance, kindly call 6892-6811, or you can visit us at www.cefc.org.sg for more sermon titles. God bless you in your spiritual pilgrimage ahead.